Welcome to the Unlearning Labels podcast. Our mission is to support you to create inclusive and safe spaces for teams to feel valued and do their best work. In each episode, we explore the topics of diversity and inclusion, cultural change, and inclusive leadership development. For more information, visit our website at www.unlearninglabels.com. There you can read our blog articles, listen to previous episodes, and contact us to work with us directly. Now, enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Unlearning Labels podcast. Um, We're going to build on the conversation that we started last week. And before we jump into it, I want to introduce my co-host, Peter and Mira. Uh, They're the founders of The Mind Takeaway, a coaching and consulting company focusing on leadership development and facilitating regenerative business practices that foster inclusive company cultures. They work with individuals and teams bold enough to make lasting changes in their lives and regenerate rather than sustain outdated business practices. And I (laughs) am Cordelia Gaffar. Um, I'm the creator of the Replenish Me process, um, which is a self-leadership practice surrounding sustainable mindfulness. And it's highlighted in my most recent book, Detached Love, Transforming Your Heart So That You Can Transform Your Mind. And my coaching practice um, focuses on guiding leaders to use their darkest and most difficult emotions to embody success on a whole new level to be present and powerful as the most relaxed humans in the room. And so together we create the Unlearning Labels podcast. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, you're so kind to read that out. (laughs) (laughs) Saves me, saves us doing it, right? I know, like (laughs) next time we'll share it. (laughs) So um, today... Yeah, tell us. What are we talking about, Mira? Yeah, okay. Uh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> the uh, um, great resignation, it, it seems to be a huge topic lately. And there's lots of people talking about it. And there is lots of, I think, because we are talking about it so much. Uh, I, I think lots of leaders, managers, company owners, you know, whoever's making decisions in the company are listening to what is being said outside and I think applying, maybe or maybe not, I don't know, things to to their employees, to their companies, maybe making changes, but actually not really talking to their own people. I think we often make assumptions because we've read something, we've heard something, we think we know what is really going on. But um, so I think one of the one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about it today is uh, is how to uh, how to do it better. How to why is it happening and what can we do about it? Does what that do you make think, sense? Peter? Yeah, that makes sense <laughs> to me. Yeah, what you both said, perfect. No, 
in terms of the great resignation, I mean, I posted about a couple of weeks ago and it, it was a bit of a rant, if I'm honest, but I was also curious about what people are really thinking, you know, because I, I was hearing a lot about it. And, and let's be honest, there's a lot of trendy labels put out there when something happens and then people give it some traction or not. And I was thinking, you know, is this really true? And it really is true from the data that we've gathered and, you know, the research that the three of us have done, right? And yeah, on its simplest level, it's when people are marginalized or they're ignored. I mean, there's nothing worse than someone not listening to you. Because I know from my side, when I wasn't listened to by the leaders above me in certain you know, management roles that I was in, it was really challenging because you just feel undervalued. Even if that's not true, the shame of it is it doesn't cost money to go to your team and say, how are you doing? You know, I hear you, I see you, I value you. I'm listening, what's going on? You know, what's at all, just tell me, let it out, you know, and, and just facilitate that in meetings. And sadly, I just see that as a skill that's really underdeveloped and underutilized. And that's what you were saying, Miro, now, mm -hmm. that there's a lot of data gathered from outside and from consultancy companies and the like, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I see that, you know, all of the answers are there with, you, with, with your people in the teams and the functions in the organization. You've just got to be bold enough and, you know, be, be okay being vulnerable because you're going to get a lot of feedback that, you know, may or may not be true. And some of the things might be uncomfortable as a leader, as a leadership team, but it's better to be uncomfortable than have silence. And it's that silence you know, with the tumbleweed goes past and then suddenly you see that lots of your top talent has just left the company. So let's go back a minute. Like how, if, if that's the, the, the culture in companies currently, how would they go from being received that way by their employees to uh, genuinely getting the trust of their employees that they have changed. We're changing the culture. Like, mm. how do you, how do you do that? Mm. Uh, it, it's well, you know, we, we always say it's simple. It doesn't look simple. It doesn't feel simple. I think, you know, when we look at the, the change of culture, it's a big thing. It's, it's a whole company. It's everybody in the company. It looks like a huge task to be done. And it is. And, and that's why you can't do it all at once. Uh, you need to start somewhere and they take it step by step. But it's always a good way to start from listening, start from being comfortable. So managers, leaders, people in charge need to get comfortable. First of all, they need to find time to sit and listen. And I think that's one of the big problems today is we don't have time for that. We need to do this and we have to hassle and we have to do that. And so nobody really finds time to give to another person. But time is, 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 is money. Time is, is a big thing. And um, so that's the first thing. And the other thing is, is, is change within ourselves. And I think it's, it's getting comfortable or getting courageous to hear things that you're not comfortable hearing and you know, this is where listening start, starts from yeah I, I hear you Mira and and it makes me think about um Jodi Amburi <clears throat> her talk and now she's created a course on LinkedIn right and um where she talks about uh being like showing up as your full self at work if you're a marginalized mm. um, person, right? Woman, person of color, 
a person who's disabled, right? And um, when you're you're in a company where that's the culture and the way you've been received, to start trusting the leadership team, you know, that the simple change is, like you said, time is money. Just taking, you know, instead of putting the time in doing the things that make people productive, right? Focus on building the relationships within the company because it's the relationships that truly make people productive. Mm-hmm. Not 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 the not the skills, right? Yeah, I I remember um, what is the oh god um, there was it's it's in a book. Um, Anyway, I'll go back to it. But th- there is a there is a the writer was talking to uh, lots of CEOs that almost when the company uh, uh, went into uh, oh. Which company was it? <laughs> no, I like, I I, I'm going I to get matter, a book. Okay. Okay. I know. I hate when that happens, right? It's like it's you can see the words on the page, but you can't remember like exactly what the <laughs> words are. Oh my god, that drives me nuts. So, yeah, but it also leads to some good stuff, you know. Yeah, Hitting that brick wall, I don't know, is actually a nice place to get curious about, right? Oh my goodness, what a great point, Peter. Right? Yeah. And 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 the willingness, right, in this moment to say I don't know. Yeah, it's the it's the willful. I think it's either in willful blindness or in uncharted uh, book from Margaret Margaret when when she uh, conducted lots of interviews with uh, companies with uh, with leaders and CEOs of the companies that uh, all almost disappeared and how they came back up stronger than they ever were before. And that was you know over a period of last twenty years. It's not just now. For, during COVID, and they and she said nobody said it was the next uh, big money that we got. It was next. Uh, it was you know that technique. It was that this or that. They always said, it, or, or a huge insight. Not even that. It was uh, people in the company that they had really good relationships with and the people and because they had good relationships with those people they were being supported they were being helped emotionally to go through that process yeah. wasn't it I sure. love that <laughs> yeah. I, I want to welcome some of the people watching uh welcome coach melody um and so she's saying that um, making time is one of the things she helps uh, companies implement. So thank you for joining us. And I'm happy you're here. So maybe you can, you know, share some insights or um, ask some really good questions. And hello, Lillian on Facebook. Thank you for joining us. So I know that uh, Melody is in the United States and Lillian is in Switzerland. So um, yeah, she's in your time zone. <laughs> thank you for joining ladies. So the this is uh, an opportunity, Mira, that you're um, you're you're again building on having those relationships. It takes time, mm-hmm. but you know, making the time 
to take the time is is what matters. Um, well, yeah, I want to talk about that because the reason I said I'm not sure because I want people to be curious about it. It's it, it's okay as talking about that and you know build and cultivate better relationships and all of that stuff, but if you're not a decision maker, if you're not a people manager, mm. that can actually be quite difficult. So you can maybe make friends with your team and people outside and it's good to network, right? But it, you also need to be given enough wiggle room to actually do that, right? And this is what we're pointing to. The more people we speak to and all of the research and data that's come out of this so-called great resignation is that people are not allowed to. It's almost like companies, I mean, we touched on this before, empowerment, right? It's, it's as if leaders believe they have to give permission before people are empowered. But the way I looked at it in my career is if, if I recruited someone or they joined my team, I just made sure that I instilled in them day in, day out, and I kept gently, lovingly reminding them that they've got full autonomy. Just because I'm the boss doesn't mean to say you can't have a say, that you can't you know, create ideas, you can't do your best work you're free to do that i trust you i've got your back but there's one thing saying it initially it requires a lot of love and attention a lot of patience but crucially you need to then earn the trust of your people mm. and what i see the crux of the biggest issue that in all of the work correct me if i'm wrong that we do with leaders or leadership teams is that they're really uncomfortable and don't know how to build trust mm. and it's amazing that when you think about it, because they've got where they are in their careers and they've got really successful. So they've been able to build trust individually or in you know, certain groups have got them to where they're at. But when it comes to being a CEO of an organization or, you know, you're a director or a country leader or whatever, it seems that, you know, in, in our work, we've seen people struggle with it quite often. And they seem to forget some of the, the building blocks that got them where they are, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering, though, Peter, is it that they got where they were because they built trust or it was an assumption of um, their capabilities? Again, right, because the this focus on soft skills and relationship building, I dare say, is new, right? Mm -hmm. And before it was more about how how much of a robot you are, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> how much FaceTime you put in the office, right? And For that's sure. really historically the way people have been going to the top, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there'll be some that definitely, yeah. I would I would totally agree that there are people that we've met and we've been, wow, they just naturally cultivate the super connectors, but they're not doing it from a salesy, you know, fake point because you can't, you can only get yourself so far with that, right? People spotted a mile off. It's repulsive, right? But yeah, what you're pointing at, Cordelia, it's dead right we talk about this. So thank you for bringing that up. Because a lot of the times people who are efficient, machines, drones, worker bots, you know, not to be horrible, but they're really good at the entry level stuff. And then what makes sense for the people above them, the people managers, the leaders, they're like, oh, they're super efficient. So therefore mm -hmm. they're going to make a great leader. And actually it's far from the truth. And quite often it's it's always a problem because people then don't get supported in the soft skills that you're pointing to, Cordelia. Like, how do you build trust? How do you really listen to understand? How do you create safe spaces where everyone feels like they're part of the team? And also, crucially, how do you collaborate? Because for me, you know, being a leader, I'm not an oracle. I can't do everything. My, my best work is when I'm throwing it back to the team in a loving way and saying, right, let's work on this together. I trust you because I can't always pull it out of the bag, but I think co collectively we'll find the idea together. 
Mm. And quite often when I tried to pressure myself and I didn't share it with my team, it was horrible. You know, the pressure I put on myself, you know, thinking that I had to have the answer. I soon learned that that wasn't it, right? Because it, it's just too much to carry around. It's like carrying a load of bricks on your back, you know? <laughs> mm. You're, You're both thinking. very quiet. Reflect. No, because yeah. I, I see Mira thinking. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to say anything because she... <laughs> we're about to be wowed <laughs> to, to come with, with, a, with a great quote no uh, it, I, I was thinking about you know th those those uh, uh, questions that we got and and it's um, uh, it's it's about you know th there are there's lots of employees leaving and uh, and if in, exit interviews are done. Uh, lots of them are saying, no, everything was great, you know, and they're still leaving. And then I think companies are not really bothered to look deeper into it. They just go, or oh, a person just, you know, want to move on, different time, career, or better seller. I don't know, you know, but everything was great. And so we started wondering, um, and, and we had some conversations about it. What was the, uh, why are people not saying anything? Like, why are they really not uh, honest with, with why are they leaving? Why they want to leave? And, uh, and what came up was that they're not feeling safe to say so, even though they are leaving. They didn't feel safe before that. And now it's like, what's the point? So they're not being heard. Mm. They're not being valued. You know, but you know not... why that is, though? Hmm? Sorry to interrupt. Go yeah. I got curious about that in the last role I was in because it wasn't really a safe space. Mm. I tried, you know, as a team, and I was getting feedback that, you know, my team felt safe at least. But in the organization, it was a little bit toxic, and they were, you know, it just got eroded trust, you know, from the top down. And I got curious about people that had left, you know, even months after, and they were still it's like trauma, right? Mm. They, they were still living some of that horrible experience of being in that environment. And it takes a lot of time. So yeah, it's interesting that even though you might have left and you actually are already safe, you might have even been lucky enough to find a new job. But when you're brought back to that situation, it takes a bit of time. And actually, it takes a lot of skill. And you know, a good coach and someone who's willing to listen and create a safe space to circle back if companies are interested, there's nothing wrong with doing this. Get some really skilled people who can go back to them and say, okay, you left a few months back and I genuinely would love to know what was your experience of working for the company and, and explain to them that it's a safe space and that, you know, it's in the past, but we also want to improve. And we're sorry that you had an experience that may or may not led, have led to you to leave. This is a really interesting point. I never looked at it as being a trauma and it is traumatic experience it is, yeah. yeah 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 there there's two points that you bring up there is like the one thing is about trust um salam alaikum shelly she's saying trust can only be built when you're an authentic sure. leader and then the other thing is closure right bringing you know um bringing closure to the position or why mm. you left a company or something like that and um Exit interviews are great, but like you said, sadly, most of the time, whatever the relationship was during that that position, <laughs> it's going to be the same thing when you leave, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, and and wow, that that's pretty insightful. Like you're carrying the trauma to the next job. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and honestly, I didn't even see it in that frame until you know I got curious about it. And it, but it does make sense because if I'm honest, I carried some trauma of my last role even into our business, you know. And I'm not going to lie, even though you know I did the right thing and people around me were saying you know you were a good leader and all the rest of it it you know i still was in a toxic environment and had to struggle around you know finding a way and i was actually marginalized and felt like i was well in fact in my last role if i'm honest the people above me tried to make out that i wasn't doing my job you know this kind of thing so no doubt that even though you leave a role and like I say the reality is you're safe it's behind you it's still a lived experience, something that you went through that you have to come to terms with. You you almost have to grieve through that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know about you two, but if I put something to the side and they don't think about it and don't actually explore it and process it, it will come back like a boomerang at some point. It's 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 know? it's a great point, and I think I mean this could be a tip for people that are leaving jobs because they're not happy where they are. Uh, is to actually reflect and and learn certain things and see what they can do differently in their next role. What are their blind spots? Mm. What 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 worked and what didn't? So they don't bring the same thing into a next role because mm. it's like when I look at it, it's like relationships. You know, yeah, you I was you, just you say that. <laughs> You will constantly be dating same person over and over again until you solve some stuff. And yeah. you know what I'm hearing? Like a reoccurring theme is about taking time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's, it's the giving yourself the gift of time in the self-care and also knowing that if you're in a position of authority, a leader, a people manager, whatever, you need to give your team the gift of time because if you want them to trust you, if, if you want your team to genuinely feel safe and do their best work, the only way that works is given, you know, each individual enough time where you can actually explore stuff together, you know, look in, check in on them about the needs and wants. Amir and I were talking about this with, I can't remember it was Mira, but quite often people think they need to discuss business and work 24-7. But honestly, as a leader, my experience was the more that in one-to-ones where I just had the person, I created the safe space and I said, okay, we'll get on to the nitty gritty and stats and KPIs and, you know, performance. But how are you? You know, how's your family? You know, I know that you're, you, you know, you, you're doing music as a hobby. How's that going? And then people light up because all of that stress and the struggle and the hustle of being in work they forget that for a minute and they feel safe and, and they talk about stuff that feels nourishing for them. And then when it comes to discussing the, let's be honest, the boring stuff, the numbers and all of that, people are more willing, they're open, they're more malleable, and they're actually more comfortable and safe to do so. Mm. And it's amazing how many leaders just, it, it eludes them. They feel, and I understand, I'm not judging. I know the pressure because I was in roles for 20 years, the pressure of thinking that you can't talk about humanity, human things, you know, how's your daughter? How's your son? How's your wife? And and you have to be forced to talk about, oh, well, you're not performing. Let's talk about statistical information. Yeah. And then they wonder why people go off the boil and can't really perform, you know? Yeah, you can't <laughs> you can't just go straight into that. You need to build a relationship in order to actually get any 
valuable movement in in performance you cannot just talk about numbers without actually getting yeah. into connection with that person and so uh yeah and if you don't have trust you're just going to get yes no you know and, and it's going to be a very it's all short great. Just conversation you know and it happens and, and i've put my foot in it when i was a young leader you know because it was uncomfortable situations because i wasn't paying enough love care and attention or listening to my individual team people so when it came to having an actual discussion about performance people were just like yes no i don't know there's a, there's <laughs> another thing though that just crossed my mind uh I spent, uh, so when, when I was building the uh, rehab center years ago, I spent lots of time on the beginning, lots of time with a small team. And we spent lots of time together because we were doing stuff together and uh, developing it. And it was, it was lots of groundwork to be done. And so I wasn't, I've spent some time outside the office, but a lot of the time I was in the office and it wasn't like, oh, you know, I had my office on a closed door. We were always to get together and talking about stuff. And, but, and I thought that that was a quality time spent with, with my people at the time. And then I realized it wasn't. Then I realized that I actually didn't give them a quality time, a quality time where I would sit and listen and give them full attention. It was time while we were doing stuff. You know, it wasn't the time where they could actually express their concerns. It wasn't the time where I, were I was listening and could do something about it. And that was that was also that was one of my biggest learnings is that just because you are physically with somebody doesn't mean that you're spending good time together where you build trust. Yeah, it's simply not a good investment of time, right? Because if yeah. you, if you want to look at it, if if you're you know if if that's what floats your boat and you know you, you like to measure stuff, then think about this as an investment you know for me it was an investment i would give my team enough attention simply because i know that it would pay forward in the future and that's the thing it really does it helps your top line and, and what we're pointing that right Cordelia, is that you know why are all these people leaving because it's costing companies billions to replace top talent and you know i, I want to look at the positives as well because Let's be honest, I'm, and this is a, a, a guess because I'm not really saying we've got the science to back this up right now, but I'd hazard a guess that a lot of people are leaving because they just become more self-aware during these challenging times. And maybe they want to spend more time with the family or they've realized that they can turn the hobby into their dream job. So, it, you know, there might be there might not be any negative reasons for leaving and that you know, a lot of the leadership teams we speak to, it sends them on a merry dance because they, they get worried, which is good. You know, they care about their people, but you can also waste a lot of time and energy, you know, trying to dissect it. Mm -hmm. So the, the thing, what we're pointing at, right, is just that if you bolster your leadership skills, if you allow your people to be empowered themselves and promote that and really lovingly remind them day after day, I'd hazard a guess that, you know, the people that do stay, just give them more care and attention. I mean, that's what we were pointing at, right? Mm. That we're worrying about why people are leaving and the people that are staying, they're getting no love and attention right now. And, yeah. and, and then you're going to get a, a, a bit of a nasty problem where they start to leave as well. You know? Right. Yeah. So it just matters about the time that you are spending, right? Like what does quality time look like? And I mean, this is where you have to toss back and forth. Do you want to do surveys to find that out? Or like, here's an idea. You just talk to your individual team members 
you know, mm -hmm. like with the, the morning coffee, right? Like it's like, good morning. Um, mm -hmm. What's new and exciting in your world? You know, mm -hmm. something that hasn't to do with uh, their job. So, and, and in the beginning, it needs to be a little bit more intentional if people are not used to doing it. But then, uh, good morning, Matt, wherever you are in the world. Milt, Milt yeah, he's Milt, also in the Milt, United sorry, States. We need to give Peter lots. Yeah, I'm getting old. I'm I, I kind of <laughs> straight into look at who it is. Sorry about that. Milt. Yeah, you know what occurs to me as well? So, I'm loving this one as well. It's a good conversation. You know, we, we can look at the data, we can look at the facts, but I'm more curious about really checking in with all of these people that are leaving. And that's what we're doing right now, you see, because I'm just super curious because if it's for good reason, I actually think this is a positive thing. And quite often I talk to leaders and they're like, oh, I'm really worried about losing my top talent. But I don't know about you two, great leadership is knowing that sometimes people leave the nest. It's, I mean, we're not parents, Mira and I. Cordelia, you probably know this, that when your kids get older, there's always that fear of them leaving the nest and going off and doing, you know. Or not. Their own Maybe you just want things. them to go. Or, or not, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm <I> just... <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. But you know, if they're good leaders too, right? Yeah. Um, they'll be happy for them, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. we have nurtured, you know, and they've honed these skills and they're going on to greater things. Yeah. Is the view that, you know, a good leader would have, right? Not saying that you're a bad leader if you're like worried that mm. they're leaving. Mm. You but, know, but but if you have that relationship that you're building with your team in general, even if your top talent goes, you should know that they were mentoring, right? If you're fostering a culture of mm. mentoring, they would have been mentoring someone to fill in their yeah. space behind them. So like, mm -hmm. is it something to worry about or is it something to be happy about? So that's really what yeah. I was saying when I was like, I don't care if my kids leave, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like they're going on to greater things. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I'll be honest, I, I used to worry about it as a leader, but Mira can back me up on this. I used to really nurture talents and let them go with love. And I was super excited, but also scared in the short term because I'd be like, right, who's next? Mm -hmm. But it's all about succession planning. I know when people talk about that, it becomes really like tight and official, but it just simply means Again, give an equal care and attention, not just to your top performance, not to your middle ones, not to the bottom, giving everyone the same opportunities. And then again, it, it, it isn't that easy. You know, it's, it's bolstering those skills as a lead and constantly learning as a people manager. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you get those people at the bottom who are, you know, struggling and lovingly bring them back up to the greatness, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I was just making notes in the, <laughs> in the yeah, chat. So that was me. <laughs> this is where succession planning matters, right? But, but it does matter, right? Because yeah. if you're really worried about losing all of your top people, maybe you need to get curious about why that is. You know, are you actually not giving care and attention to other people in your team and your department and your organization? And quite often, this is what we find, mm -hmm. right? Because some of the basics we do in leadership development, we always say to people, right, what's your team look like? You know, I, I just want to get curious. I mean, how are people are? Who, how do you know where your top performers are? What do you do when people leave who are absolutely knocking it out the park? How do you replace them? So for me, I didn't always get it right, of course, right? But I always had 
two or three people or other people outside of my team, crucially, that I could go and, you know, be nice and cultivate and beg and say, right, I want that person to join my team, you know, stuff like that. And I see that not being really developed so much. Mm. And it doesn't cost money. It, again, it goes back to love, care and attention, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and why are we not encouraging people to speak up? You know, I, I think there's often, you know, sometimes people talk and we are not listening, uh, uh, but why are we not encouraging that? And, and I think there is, you know, we could go back to fear of I don't want to hear that I'm doing something wrong, you know, protecting our own egos mm -hmm. uh, as, as managers and leaders uh, because nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to be a bad person. Nobody wants to. And, and so it's, it's much easier to shut your ears and, and, not, uh, and, and not listen, not wanting to hear. The other side of that as well is I often hear leaders complain that they're not getting enough feedback. I see it as a two-pronged thing. I see the responsibility of people saying that things aren't right with every employee, right? I honestly believe that. But I also believe that leaders need to create the right conditions where people are even safe enough to consider even giving feedback or saying things aren't yeah. right. And, it, and it's a two-way street. You know, if you really want to have a great cult company culture, you need to constantly, like it or not, this is the honest truth from my career at least, is that you have to really promote it and lovingly talk about it and there's a lot of patience and communicate it in lots of different mediums and keep reframing it. And, you know, it never goes away. You must keep reminding people because lots of people just get stuck in the daily grind. And then obviously my view of what, you know, what fear looks like is different than what Mira's does. So quite often where I got it wrong is where I just made an assumption that everyone felt safe in the moment. And it wasn't even to do with anything I did at the company. Someone had something going on outside of work and then it just shut them down. And again, if we're not listening to these people or checking in and saying, how are you? You seem to be different. But again, no judgment in your own time. What's happening? You know, I've got your back. When you're ready, just come and see me. Mm. You know, it's stuff like that that we often miss. Mm. And, 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 you know, I've kind of circled back to what you were saying earlier. It's about that trauma that, that, that we have as a blind spot that, that we don't, we don't we don't slow down and and uh, reflect on our previous experiences learn from them heal things heal areas of, of our, our life and work where where we felt hurt and so we don't bring it in uh, <laughs> yeah. even within our teams and i'm not talking just about managers i'm talking about everybody in the team and then uh, and then uh, uh, making it different uh, what is it Shelly yeah. says go ahead uh, they are can not all that, providing Peter? <laughs> Peter can you read it doing your glasses I'm not that bad <laughs> <laughs> they are not all providing Mira, you go ahead and read it. <laughs> they aren't building leaders which is what leaders are supposed to do yeah and the thing is it's it's down to your responsibility if you take the job and take the extra money and you know you get the promotion but it's crucially down to the whole company hr function the leadership mm -hmm. team to make sure that everyone who's got a role of a people manager from the entry level middle management all the way up to get enough care and attention and development and enough training and support to be able to make make that happen
mm. because it, it's, you know, for some people I've met, it's straight out the gate. You know, I've promoted people straight away because I'm like, wow, you, you just get it, right? And other people, it's not right or wrong. It's just that they need a little bit more time to cultivate that and train on it and experience it in the role and get comfortable, yeah. Yeah, leadership development is not just for top executive leaders. No. Uh, leadership development should be for absolutely everyone because because they are the ones talking to everybody else you know when we have just top level le leaders they only they only communicate with people just around in their circle they really rarely communicate with uh, the rest of the employees so you need to have other managers um trained and developed not so much trained but developed as leaders uh, to be able to uh share that same message and and that you know contribute to the culture well it goes back to succession planning again i know i keep pushing <laughs> this point but if you start to offer even basic leadership skills to the core people in the company at entry level guess what they start to become their own self-leaders and it saves you a lot more time and hassle and i'd hazard a guess that you'll get more people in that middle to top talent who are then ready to cultivate and train and get, you know, further down the line to becoming your next leaders in the future. And that's it. It's just getting people to be aspiring leaders. And just to be clear, not everyone wants to be a leader. You know, I've, I've worked with people for years who are wonderful people, absolutely amazing what they do, but they didn't want to go in that direction. And that's mm -hmm. okay too. But just to give people enough options that's the thing. We need to give more people enough options and autonomy. And, then, you know, that's the kind of things that stop people leaving and, and going and somewhere we, else. And we've also heard of managers pushing good members of their team to be leaders, yeah. <laughs> even if they didn't want to. Uh, th that's also it's also not listening and it's it? learning i mean i've been guilty of it if i'm honest in the past because i was just so excited for the person that they were doing a great job and actually they did develop the right skills to be able to do it but again it's really ultimately a choice and as soon as i learned that that person wasn't really comfortable and wanted to do something else i stopped and it's quite often that leaders don't. And then some people just get bullied into the role. And then, you know, years later, they're like, whoa, what happened? And that was I that was me, if I'm honest. I never wanted to be a leader <laughs> in many of these companies. And it just so happened that I was like, well, the money would be good. <laughs> you know, And everyone seems to be saying I can do it, but I'm not really sure I'm up for it, you know. But you did a good job. So, yeah. <laughs> but in the end, you welcomed it, right? And you were like, yeah. you know, but everyone's not like you, Peter you know, and, uh, and you're right. So it does go back to making the time to really know your team members, right? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. when we think about how do we create this environment of I see you, I hear you, I value you, it's to do with um, taking making the time to get to know your team members, um, mm -hmm. cultivating a culture where um, people are mentoring others, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 creating a, a succession plan. So um, I think that's something that could keep companies ahead of the great resignation. And and instead of making it something to be afraid of, make it or something to it. welcome or ignoring it. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is something to be welcomed. And you know, future in, in future, maybe the 
you know, by doing this, like the employees will tell the truth in those exit interviews. I know yeah. I did. I was one of those employees where they're like, okay, so Cordelia, why are you leaving? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let me tell you. You know what? I didn't even get one because they were so scared of the truth because I they, they knew how super director was. So I didn't even get one. And it's a shame because I circle back to other colleagues and that's I won't name the company. People could guess anyway. And uh and, and I was curious about what was going on. And I told other people, you know, even more senior up the up the chain. And they were really shocked and they said it was a real shame that no one had actually allowed you to actually give that feedback. And this is the thing, right? Right or wrong, regardless, forget the reasons why people leave. There needs to be a documented exit out. And, and you know, I don't want to get into the HR nuts and bolts of it because in most great companies, you know, they really roll out the red carpet for both people that join, but also when they exit, regardless of what happened. Because I think we get too attracted to you know that it's like a soap opera oh that person was labeled as a bad person you know so therefore we're not going to exit interview them or we already know which is a huge assumption right i mean quite often i've been really wrong and i put my hand up as a leader until i actually asked the questions and i was you know i got someone who was safe enough to tell me the truth i'm never going to know it's all going to be made up from my side. And actually, I see a lot of companies using false data to then go in a different direction. And that can be really costly. So again, it's about getting to the, you know, to the bottom of it and trying to find the truth, but also taking that with a pinch of salt, because mm. you might never know, you know, that's, that's the thing with it. And I'd rather spend money on developing my people and getting the culture right than trying to reverse engineer it after the fact, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Be so, timely with it. Definitely. I, I guess we didn't really ask anyone to ask any questions, but we did get some some decent comments. So mm. um, for those of you who watch this on the replay, and I, I just want to mention that um, I had a little bit of a hiccup with the editing of the title and the mm. time. So, you know, you may have not gotten the notifications on time for today's broadcast. So if you are watching on the replay, we will be diligent in answering your questions and comments um, on all platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, yeah, so um, any closing thoughts or golden nuggets mm. you want to pull out, Mira? Well, I've, I've kind of just maybe a little recap uh, is that you know, we wanted to, to talk about great resignations from a different point of view, uh, from uh, what is really happening and what isn't happening and why are people uh, leaving. And so instead of making assumptions onto, you know, specific things why are people leaving, uh, is to actually start listening to them individually, uh, companies, because, you know, there is no one size fits all. And so we, we've discussed uh, why uh, why are people not comfortable talking? Like even 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 if companies are doing exit interviews, uh, people are sometimes not comfortable saying, and they say everything was great, and and it's because there is no no enough psychological safety for uh, them to do so. So it's listening. It's creating learning from it i think for companies it's also a big big part of it's to learn that maybe there is not enough safety maybe we don't ask 
questions. Maybe we aren't listening. What can we do about it? And um, and what else? What what else came up uh, to make the time? Time seemed to have been a big yeah. part of what we were talking about time today. Came up a lot. <laughs> yeah, create succession planning and um, cultivate the culture of mentoring. Peter, I kind of just went, went through it. <laughs> went on. <laughs> no, the only thing I would add is just again to circle back to you know it's not all bad. It's it, I actually see top talent leaving if they're if they've had a good experience and, and quite often, you know, I've built amazing relationships and have a good network because I actually let people go with love. And I was like, good luck, genuinely mm. check in. And I still see these as friends and I see them as allies. And quite often people could go back to good companies. I've seen people go off, travel the world, come back after a couple of years fresh and ready to go into a new role and go back to the same company. Mm. So just, you know, food for thought. Yep. That's a really great point. Yeah. Just let them go with love. I love that. So we will let you guys go with love. And um, <laughs> if you've Thank benefited you from this yeah, episode, you know, sharing is loving. So do share this with um, another person who could benefit. Thank you for watching. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unlearning Labels podcast. If you would like help addressing any of the topics we explored during the show, such as diversity and inclusion, cultural change, or inclusive leadership development, contact us at www.unlearninglabels.com. Thank you. And sharing is loving. So share this with another heart and with another mind.